Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. You have your Bible, smartphones, or tablets. You want to follow along. It's Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 to 20. Uh, I took a look at this passage today, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'd like to spend a couple of months here because um, there's just so much good stuff here, but we're not going to get a chance to do that. So this is going to be like drinking out of a fire hose. That's okay. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of stuff coming at you. But I believe that God has a word for each one of you here today through his word. Francis Schaeffer was a Christian philosopher around the, the middle of, of the last century. And he wrote book after book of uh, why Christianity makes sense, what uh, uh, the philosophy of living out for Christ, how to uh, put the Christian life together. And finally he wrote this book so, that says, so uh, that was entitled, How Shall We Then Live? With all the stuff you hear about faith, with all the stuff you read in Scripture, how shall we th then live? Well, Paul has been writing, and we've been going through the book of Ephesians. He's been writing to the church in Ephesus and the churches surrounding that area. He has talked about the power of the cross, uh, the power of the gospel, how grace is activated by faith. It's about what Jesus has done. And then he's gone on to say, because, because of what Jesus has done, because God has saved you, forgiven you, brought you into his kingdom, he goes on to say, so this is how you should live. I think this is one of the key passages for how to live out your Christian life daily. It helps us to frame what it means to Get up tomorrow morning and have breakfast and live for Jesus. And we go out of the house and go to work or go to a coffee shop, go visit a friend, how to live for Jesus. We go on with our day and things happen. This passage has a way of framing how we live for Jesus. And so... Paul's been talking about the Spirit of God is in you. Here's what it means to live out the gospel. Last week we looked about a little bit about how that gospel shows up in our lives. We, last week we read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, and it said, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building other, others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed, for the day of, of redemption. Get rid of bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every kind of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ in God has forgiven you. You know, you hear instructions like that, but a lot of people have taken instructions like that and turned, made following Jesus into something that it is not. Over and over in Scripture, we're told that you'll know your brothers and sisters by the fruit in their lives. 
And so Paul gets detailed. The passage that uh, Sally read, chapter 5, verse 3. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. See, having Jesus in you means that you live a certain way. Notice how he phrases these things. If you, if you have Jesus, these things shouldn't be showing up. I'm, I'm thankful Paul took the time under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to write these things because there's always people who miss the big picture and they think, oh, well, I can follow Jesus, but I can do whatever I like read about this one person who was calling herself a Christian, but her profession was as a stripper. Doesn't work, right? So Paul had to detail some things, and he, he says, listen, you know, this kind of thing, I'm, if these kind of things are in your life, well, that's what brings on the wrath of God. Now, we've talked about the wrath of God before, and that's what causes God to distance himself from you. He says, you want to go down that path? I'll let you go down that path. I'm taking my hands off. That's what causes God to separate himself from us. And so while he points these things out, he, he does this in such a way where he says, hey, Ephesians, um, I know this, and I know you know this, but just in case there are someone around, among you who doesn't get the conflict between Jesus and impurity, I'm just going to spell it out. And I would say to you, Asbury, I know this, and I think you know this, but in case somebody's missing it, it's Paul spells it out for us. But here's the thing. He says, you know, okay, yeah, obviously we shouldn't be do, do this. But Paul doesn't focusing, focus on what we shouldn't do. He says it's better to focus on what we're called to be. So this is what Paul does. Skip down to verse 8. He says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light, for the fruit of light consists in goodness, and all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. That is true for the Ephesians, that is true for those of you who have followed Jesus. What Paul is talking about in these verses is not what you should and shouldn't do, he's talking about Here's who you are in Jesus. If Jesus resides in you, then this is who you are. I've done a lot of mentoring over the years. The first thing I look at when I, when I mentor people is identity. What do people think about when they think about themselves? Now, you've got to get past the superficial, right? You, 
oh, I'm a carpenter, I'm a teacher, I'm a student. You, you have to get past the superficial. Then you have to get past the, the should-be's. Well, pastor, I, you know, I, I know I should be kind and I should be loving and I, I should be this and I should be that. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then oftentimes we have to get by past the shouldn't be. I shouldn't be doing this or I shouldn't be doing that. And then when you get past all of those things, you start to find out what a person really thinks about themselves, how they view themselves. And what I found is this. There are a lot of people who live in what I call the gray zone. Good people, they love others, they love uh, Jesus. They, they've had their fair share of shame from something in the past. They know they're forgiven, but they wonder if they ever will belong. They often live in a place of trying to be acceptable and yet wondering if people really knew me, would they actually accept me? That's the gray zone. Paul speaks directly to the people who live in the gray zone. He says, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. That's an identity statement. That is who you are in Jesus. He doesn't make any exceptions, use any escape clause, clauses in this. If you are a follower of Jesus, you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You don't have to strive to be light in the Lord. You don't have to try to be light in the Lord. You are, present tense, light in the Lord. Listen to what God has done for us. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 says this. Next slide there, I think. It's not there, not on the bottom of the slide. Uh, all right, it's Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. That's what God has done for you. For you were once darkness, and you lived in the domain of darkness, but he brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. He brought us there. So you were in darkness, and he brought you into the kingdom of light. He says, you were once darkness, and darkness was in you, but now you are light in the Lord. You were made a new creation. God's spirit is in you. Your sins are forgiven. You're cleansed. You belong to him. The light of God is in you. And look what the light brings. For you were once darkness. Next slide. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. 
For the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. All goodness, righteousness, and truth. So your identity, you, what, how God sees you, and if you are to see yourself truly, then you will see yourself as God sees you, is that you are light in the Lord. You don't have to strive to be light in the Lord. You don't have to try. That's who you are. How could you not be light in the Lord with, with his spirit who, who lives in unapproachable light living in you? You are light in the Lord. And because of that light, you will naturally produce the fruit of light. All goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now the problem is that while this is our core identity, we often live in the gray zone. Our insecurity, our shame, our doubt, our fear, often push us to live not out of the light that's truly there, but out of something else. That's why Paul says, verse 8, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Note it. Live as children of the light. So you are light in the Lord, but now he gives the command, live as children of the light. He says, this verse could be translated, live as children of the daylight. Now, that, that verse would, would land a lot harder if you um, were uh, in Paul's time. We live in the age of the electric light. And so, but if you travel in high, on Highway 41 between Kaladar and, and Napanee, what happens is that you'll come across this, this area called a dark viewing area. People gather there at night because it's one of the few places you can gather and there's no light that you can see coming from surrounding towns or uh, places. A dark viewing area. In Paul's time, everything was a dark viewing area, right? And so when did people do the stuff that they didn't want to be seen doing? Well, they did it in the dark viewing area in the night. So when Paul says, live as children of the light, he's saying, live as children of the daylight, he's saying, live in such a way where you're not hiding. Live in such a way where you're not hiding yourself. The fruit of this kind of life will be true goodness, righteousness, uh, goodness, righteousness, and truth. See, there's, there's something about living a hidden life that puts our soul to sleep. There's something about living in a way that we're hiding ourselves that, that allows our soul to go into, become stuporous, so that's why Paul writes in verse 13. But everything that's exposed by the light 
becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it says, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Remember, he's, he's writing to Christians. But he's concerned that some of them, their soul has become stuporous. It has become sleepy. They're kind of hidden. They've been hiding themselves from the light. So he says, you know, expose yourself to the light. How do you expose yourself to the light? Well, it's not given to us in this text, but just basically says, expose yourself, uh, uh, expose the darkness to the light. It tells us in other places how to do that, though. And it's hard. If you're living a hidden life, it's hard. But the Bible says this. Confess your sins one to another. That's how you get away from hiddenness. Confess your sin, first of all to God, and then, if you're still feeling hidden, confess it to someone else. Now, that doesn't mean that you stand up here on a Sunday morning and say, blah, right? That's not how that works. But I hope you have one or two people in your life that you can go to and say, hey, I've been struggling with this. I've been hiding this. I confess it to you. I confess it to God. And if those are sharp Christian people, they'll say, on the basis of God's word on your confession, I pronounce you forgiven because of what Jesus has done for you. You bring it into the light, not of everybody, but just a couple of people. And that allows you to let the light of Jesus light, uh, uh, wake you up. And what does the Bible says? Wake up, O sleeper, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That is his promise. And you'll start to see goodness and righteousness and truth be fruitful in your life. There's another command after live as children of the light, though. In Ephesians chapter 9, uh, 5 verse 9, it says, For the fruit of light consists of righteousness, uh, goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. And I'm going to put these together because they're similar commands, a little bit different, but similar. Down in verse 15, he says, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days, will, days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. Find out what pleases the Lord. Be careful to live wisely. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Find out what pleases the Lord. Be careful to live wisely. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Those are some of the most important directions that you can receive for your daily Christian walk. Find out what pleases the Lord. Live wisely. Understand what the will of the Lord is. If you live this way, everything else is a way of falling into place. Your work comes into perspective. Your leisure becomes more enjoyable because you feel 
the smile of God on your face. Your hobbies, same thing. Your way to live is your free time. I know what pleases the Lord. Live wisely. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Your hobbies. Your whole life has a way of blossoming because you're living out of the fruit of light and you're living in such a way that pleases God. You're living wisely and you're understanding what God's will is. People, that's a whole lot better than how a lot of Christians live. Ah, you know, went to church, check. Oh, I read my Bible, check. Uh, I, I did something nice for somebody, check. Rather, if you understand what pleases God and you're living wisely and you're understanding what the, the Lord's will is, you're on this holy adventure. You're on this way of walking through life and where you step, you're bringing the kingdom of God and grass is blossoming underneath your feet because why? Well, you're living in the light and God is shining on you. You know, there is a reason why we put such an emphasis on Scripture around here and hearing God's voice around here. There's a reason why we, we run Bible studies and spend time trying to help people to hear God. Because the way you find out what pleases the Lord, the way you live wisely, the way you understand the, what the will of the Lord is, is to know God's word, and to hear God's voice. And the better you and easier it is for you to hear God's voice, the better it is in terms of finding out what pleases God and living wisely. Paul offers instruction on how to live wisely. He says, verse 15, Be careful how you live then, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Yeah, we live in those days too. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. It says, you know, part of living wisely is don't go get drunk. See, getting drunk is part of that unwise stuff. It's, it's part of, of living foolishly. And Paul says the reason why is because it leads to debauchery. Now, debauchery has this idea in Greek. It shows a lack of concern or thought of the consequences of your actions. Often, sometimes it has a sexual connotation to it, but oftentimes it's just a, you get drunk and you really don't care where your actions are going to lead you. That's debauchery. Paul says, living that way is unwise. Uh, it's hard to live wisely. Uh, it's hard to understand what the will of the Lord is when you are impaired to such an extent that you really don't care what the outcome of your actions is. Paul offers an alternative, though. He says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. And the tense of that verb is be being filled with the Spirit. There's this ongoing, supernatural infilling of the Holy Spirit that Paul says you can access all the time. Go to verse 18, be instead, be filled with the Spirit. 
And here's the evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual so- and songs from the Spirit, singing and making music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, uh, to God our, the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever woken up and you find that there's this song of worship bubbling in your heart? That's an evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Have you ever been going on your day and found, you, found yourself humming a song of praise? That's an evidence of being filled with the Spirit. And being filled with the Spirit is the antidote to living unwisely. It's a vehicle to find out what pleases God. It's a way in which God helps us to understand what his will is. Here's the thing. Jesus tells us that our Father is pleased to fill us with his spirit when we ask. He wants to give you good gifts. And so he says, yeah, ask. Be filled with the spirit. Say, Lord, come and fill me again. Lord, help my heart to be so open that as you pour out your spirit that I will will receive all that you have for me. Fill my heart up with worship. Fill my my heart up with with songs of praise. Help me to interact with, with, with my brothers and sisters with songs of praise. Lord, help me to, to have a heart of gratitude where I'm giving thanks uh, for all, in the middle of all things, thanks for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, because Lord Jesus, you have this even when life is hard and even when life is bad and even when life is challenging. I'm gonna choose to give thanks because yes, That's part of being filled with the Spirit. And God sees an open heart, a heart of gratitude, and he says, oh, yeah, I can work with that. And he fills us again and again and again by the power of his Spirit. People, as you walk through life, your daily life, find out what pleases the Lord. What would bring a smile to God's face? Live wisely. Look for wisdom. Understand what God's will is for you. And he does have a will, by the way. But if you don't know what it is, pray until you do know what it is. Ask him every day, God, what's your will for my life right now? Here's a way of speaking. And as you live that out, life becomes just puts a smile on God's face because you're pleasing him. It becomes this grand adventure of goodness because you're living wisely. And even in the challenging times, the Spirit of God is ministering to you and allowing you to walk well. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word that reminds us that we're children of the light. Lord, help us to obey the command to live as children of the light. Help us not to live hidden, but live in the light that you give us. Lord, I see evidence of the fruit of life uh, so much in this church. There's goodness and righteousness and truth. I'm praying, Lord, that that fruit would grow bigger and bigger so that, well, Lord, yeah, we'd be people of the daylight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.